Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading 2 Kings 24 and 25, answering some, unfortunately, very common questions that come up when studying the Old Testament. What's with all this killing? Lots of death? How could a good God allow this? Or better said, is the God of the Old Testament a moral monster? Candidly, I think this type of question has been raised a lot more, more recently. And because of this, today's episode will be a little bit longer. At the time of this recording, we are in the middle of watching major conflict play out in Israel. And as discussed in the most recent Dear Watermark family letter from our elders, we've watched in horror as a terrorist attack was carried out on Israel, and a war has escalated to drastic proportions between Israel and Hamas. As the letter continues, we read that hurt combined with hatred can lead to all sorts of evil. This is what we saw transpire in Hamas's attack on Israel. Decades of hurt combined with deep-rooted hate produced a level of depravity that is hard to stomach. The brutality expressed in the killing of innocent people of all ages, as well as the force displayed in taking people hostage, is evil. We should call it that unapologetically. Evil is never justified. Also, at the time of this writing, 1,400 Palestinians have died in Gaza, with approximately 450 being children. This is also a tragedy. It may be tempting to believe the narrative that all 1,400 of these Palestinians were terrorists and their deaths were quote-unquote deserved in some way. This is an easy narrative to comprehend, and in times of great tragedy, confusion, and fear, nuanced conversation is understandably difficult. But Watermark family, the letter continues, we must always align our hearts with God's heart. Every Palestinian has been created in the image of God, just as every Israeli has also been created in the image of God. That's Genesis 1, 26 and 27. There is a deep trauma and loss being expressed by many Palestinians who are simply caught in the middle. Additionally, regarding those who are terrorists, we must remember that God doesn't delight in the death of the wicked, Ezekiel 33, and we are called to pray for our enemies, Matthew 5. The article continues, both Jews and Palestinians desperately need the gospel. In all likelihood, most Israelis and Palestinians who have died over the past few days did so without a saving relationship with Jesus. In the coming days, many more will die and face eternity separated from God. Let us all grieve any death that would result in eternal separation from God. And yet— we see in Revelation 5.9 and 7.9 that there will be Jews and Palestinians joining together to worship Jesus in eternity. The article is super helpful. We'll link it in the episode description, and its message of hope is true. Because of the reconciling power of the gospel, the gift of Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection, we will see Jews and Palestinians worshiping together throughout eternity. But in the meantime, if we don't figure out how to make sense of the present-day evil that we observe on the news or social media or in the newspaper, or the violence and conflict we read about in the scriptures, if we don't find a way to make sense of it, we're going to wrestle with our view of God. Failing to seek to understand how God's love, justice, and mercy go hand in hand can lead us to increased doubt about who God is and why He does what He does. Neglecting to really dig into the question, is the God of the Old Testament a moral monster, can leave us ill-equipped when we encounter skeptics. 
and choosing to just simply skip over the sadder or more emotionally challenging parts of Scripture can leave us with an incomplete or ignorant view of God's character and the seriousness with which He deals with sin. And if we're really honest— None of us want to be faced with increased doubts about God. None of us want to be ill-equipped when we encounter friends or coworkers who don't know Jesus. And none of us want to have an incomplete or ignorant understanding of God's character. So in today's episode, as we look at 2 Kings 24 and 25, we're answering the question, is the God of the Old Testament a moral monster? Or said differently, when when we read the Bible— How are we to make sense of God's character in light of all the fighting and violence and conflict we observe in the promised land? And while I won't be commenting further on the present day events, I think you'll notice some striking similarities in today's reading. When we take a look at these two chapters from a 20,000 feet view, here's what we see. We see Jehoiakim make some unfortunate leadership decisions that result in the Chaldeans, Syrians, Moabites, and the Ammonites being sent to destroy Judah. And in the midst of this attack, In chapter 24, verse 4, we read that the king filled Jerusalem with innocent blood and the Lord would not pardon, which raises some questions. Is God willingly killing innocent people? Next, we see Jerusalem captured by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Jehoiakim, Judah's king at the time, and much of his family are captured and taken to Babylon. Later on, the city was being ruled by King Zedekiah, but he rebelled against the king of Babylon. This resulted in such a severe siege of the city that according to chapter 25, verse 3, the famine caused by the siege was so severe that there was no food for the people of the land. Civilians suffered, and the king of Judah tried to flee and escape, but he was caught. And in chapter 25, verse 7, we read that the Babylonians slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and put out the eyes of Zedekiah and bound him in chains and took him to Babylon. Then later, or lastly, I should say, we learn that the king of Babylon ultimately came to Jerusalem and burned down the house of the Lord in any house, or really all the other houses in Jerusalem. That's verse 9. He took all the gold and silver from the temple. He killed the priests, verse 21, and ultimately Judah was taken into exile. They were removed from their homes to, if they weren't killed, go and work for the Babylonians. And if I'm reading this story in light of current events, a few things stand out. Civilians being forcefully removed from their homes, people being bound and held captive. Because of the fighting, civilians are starving and don't have access to their basic necessities. Territories are being occupied or invaded by enemy forces, and the fighting just seems to get worse and worse. Sometimes when we read 2 Kings, it's all just Bible stories that happened a long time ago. But when we turn on the news, we see that these kinds of behaviors still go on today, and we abhor them. We loathe what is evil, Romans 12, 9. That said, how do we, in 2 Kings 24 through 25, make sense of a good God allowing people to be treated so poorly? God's own people, for that matter, to be kicked out of their homes? Is the God of the Old Testament a moral monster? And in short, the answer is no. He is not a moral monster. But here's why. For starters, we have to remember that God is God and we are not. We don't judge Him. He stands in judgment of us. Romans 9, 14 through 15 reads, What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. 
God's character is righteous, just, and holy. He is the ultimate good and fair judge. Second, in the context of 2 Kings, we have to remember God's love for the nations and purposes or goal for Israel. According to Genesis 12, 3, God intended for all the families of the earth to be blessed through Israel. Israel was supposed to live set-apart lives, Exodus 19, 6, such that the rest of the world would see their lives were different and desire to know their God. All throughout the scriptures, as we've been reading through the journey plan this year, we've seen God use those who weren't, they were not part of the Israelite family and bring them in. Rahab, for example, who helped the spies back in Joshua, is found in Christ's genealogy. Same thing with Ruth, the Moabite woman. So while Israel was set apart as God's chosen people, they weren't immune to the same consequences for sin that foreign nations would face and— Vice versa, there was a way for foreigners to join the Israelite family. The family of God has never been exclusive. Additionally, we have to remember that God's judgment is impartial. In today's reading, we see God's people face a horrible consequence. In fact, we've seen both Israel and Judah face some hard consequences for their sin. But the thing is, both the foreign nations and the Israelites face similar consequences. Back in Joshua, God's people were commanded to wipe out the inhabitants of the land. Why? Because of their poor morality. Or really, that's an understatement. These were decrepit and wicked people who sacrificed their children to pagan gods. And Yahweh God could not let these wicked behaviors go on. So the Israelites were called to go and conquer them completely. And in a similar way, God sent the Assyrians to conquer the northern kingdom Israel as that same immorality practiced by the Canaanites had made its way into Israel. God's judgment is impartial. When the Canaanites did it, they got a consequence. And now that Israel and Judah are doing it or have done it and keep doing it, after repeated warnings and reminders to repent from their sin, they get a consequence too. God isn't a monster. He is fair and impartial, but he's also holy. And this holy God can't allow his people to continue on in sin because he loves them. It's as if it'd be better for them to die than to continue causing destruction for themselves and everyone around them. God in his sovereignty holds the keys to life and death, and he is the best person to do so. Lastly, We have to remember that just as it can be heart-wrenching for us to read about exile and death and fighting and innocent civilian suffering, so much more so does God grieve these realities as he does not delight in the death of the wicked, Ezekiel 18.23. And out of love, he desires all people, not just the ones who make good choices, to know him, 2 Peter 3.9. So in summary— When the contents of the Old Testament cause us to wonder if God is a moral monster, is he fair, is he good, we have to remember that number one, God is in charge, not us. He is the ultimate judge. Number two, God loves Israel, but he also loves the nations and has always intended for them to be included in the family. Number three, God's judgment is impartial. He is fair, and that's the kind of judge we all want. And lastly, number four, God 
because he is loving, does not delight in the death of the wicked. He wants all people to come to know him. That's his heart, for people to turn away from sin and to him or toward him. So as we close, ultimately, whenever we encounter depravity, be it in the pages of our Bibles or on the news, we can remember that God is in control. He is just. He is fair. He is loving. He desires for all people to know him. And one day, he will make it all right. I'd invite you to join me in praying through the prayer prompts for Israel, the Palestinian people, and the Hamas that are provided by our elders in the letter we've linked in the episode description. That's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening. If you've got kids, please make sure to check out today's episode of Join the Journey Junior. And if you're local to Dallas and to Watermark, we'd love to have you join one of our many volunteer teams for Join the Journey. So we'll link that info in the episode description as well. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.